Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 141 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, Lone Vault Wanderer. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And I am Nate, or a.k.a. Shinobi. All right. And we Nate, have you back. Yeah, welcome back, man. <laughs> Last time you were here, we were talking E3. We were leaking stuff. We were <laughs> making news articles. This time, we're doing things a bit different. It's a little more professional. You're going to be talking about your brand new studio, uh, Wushu yes, Studios. And we're really excited to get into that. Before that, though, I just want to make everyone aware of uh, the, the Patreon. As If you are a $1 donor, you get early access to the Patreon. On top of that, we also have mobile links in the description down below for Android, iPhone, uh, iPhone users. So feel free to use those if you want to listen on the go. And now, let's talk about Wushu. All right? I, I love the name, first of all, <laughs> personally. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about the, the inception of Wushu, uh, how yep. it came to be, what yeah. the idea behind it is. So just go off, man. Ramble. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, thanks again for having me on. Uh, it's been too long. So, um, yeah, so, so Wushu formed um, back in August of last year by a few guys um, who used to be at Evolution Studios, um, you know, before it shuttered. Um, the studio head is uh, his name is Alan McDermott. <clears throat> he uh, he was audio director for a long time uh, on the MotorStorm series and uh, on Drive Club. Um, then after that, he uh, <clears throat> helped form a, uh, an indie studio called Secret Sorcery. You guys might have heard of it. They worked on a uh, PSVR game called Tethered, which shipped in uh, in 2016, I believe, the end of 2016. And you know, after that. Um, so what happened was, you know, PSVR was kind of in its infancy. Um, Oculus and, and VR platforms were still kind of fresh at the time. They still kind of are. I mean, you know, they're still growing. So it, Tethered, even though, you know, it it, it was received really well, um, it was kind of commercially challenging um, to, to, you know, keep on going that route. So, so Alan felt that, you know, there was a good opportunity there to kind of move back into mainstream, you know, console games. Um, so, so he got in touch with, you know, some former colleagues of his, <clears throat> which, you know, another one is, uh, Nigel Kershaw. He's our design director. He has a ton of experience. Um, you know, he's been in the industry for over 30 years back from, you know, the ocean software days. Um, he, he was game director on uh, MotorStorm Pacific Rift, which, you know, which I loved. Um, and our art director, Stuart Trevor, he uh, was also at Evolution Studios, um, for for a long time, um, and he's worked at, at a bunch of different places, you know, doing projects for companies like Nintendo and Sega and Atlas, um, you know. And he's really talented in, in uh, you know in art direction and trailer production, motion capture, things like that. So, so we have a really good, you know, triple headed, uh, you know, leadership uh, at Wushu, um, and you know, we're we're we're. You know, there's a lot of us are are based around the world. We're not all just located in Liverpool. That's you know that's where the headquarters is. But um, yeah, yeah, we all work together. We got a good groove going. Um, we we want to do something new. You know, do something fresh. So so we're working on a sci-fi IP, um, and I I think it's going to be a really unique take on it, and and not what you'd expect from a team with that kind of history, you know, cause a lot of people, we kind of made that real clear from our, our first press release that, you know, it's not a racing game. It's not a driving game. Um, we want to do something new. So, uh, you know, it's, we had a prototype going since September of last year and it's coming along really, really well. 
Um, you know, we're we're going to GDC in March, going to meet with a lot of publishers. There's a lot of interested partners already. So uh-huh. that's you know, that's a really, really good sign, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you know, you know, we're we got a good groove going. So we're going to be sharing more on the game, uh, you know, really soon. And uh, hope everyone's uh, excited to see see more from us. So absolutely, I, I mean, yeah. I got to ask how how this is for you because I know you know you and I have been contact in contact over the past couple of years, and yeah. there's a lot of job changes. Um, you were are yeah. you still doing like Shinobi Speaks, or is this like your new gig? Um, well, yeah, this. Oh, well, yeah, this is this is my my full time okay. full time thing now. Um, obviously, Shinobi Speaks was kind of on the side for me. It was just a little fun, um, kind of personal blog that I I kind of just write jot down my thoughts. And I still do that uh, time to time. You know, I just did put out something last week, so cool. um, you know, I'll still keep that going. But yeah, this, this is definitely a full time thing, and um, you know, we're we're about there's about eleven of us right now at Wushu, so you know, we definitely are going to keep growing and uh you know, i'm really excited to to grow alongside the studio too so you know I'm, I'm in it for the long haul so awesome yeah i'm real pumped man it's, it's <laughs> been it's been a dream for me honestly yeah. uh yeah you know we've talked in the past and i've you know I've, it's been a dream for me to, to, to work in games so to, to finally have the opportunity and just kind of flex that creativity that i feel like i've always had you know it's it's, it's really exciting so i'm pumped to, to finally be out there like this so yeah, yeah. so sci-fi um, I yeah. know you love your Mass Effect, so yes. did that did that play a little factor? You yeah, de- definitely. So yeah, I I joined the team um, very so at the beginning of this month is when you know when I officially started. Um, we were in talks um, back in December, and you know when I kind of got the game pitch and heard what they're doing, you know they showed me things and I I was like hell yeah I'm on board. Um, yeah, like you said, you know I love Mass Effect. Uh, in fact, one of um, one of our lead artists, um, he is he he worked uh, on Motorstorm Studios as well, so he already knows the guys. Um, but he also worked on Mass Effect Three, and he's he's been on Anthem for the past five years, and he's now joined us. Wow! Cool. Yeah, and so he he's he's our he's our senior artist, and he's doing some amazing things. Um, and obviously, for, for me, you know, I'm giddy just seeing his his work. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it, man. Having having an awesome time. So, can you can you specify at all anything about this game? I'm I'm assuming not, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, what type of game it is. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I want to honestly, but the thing is, like, I mean, it's up to me. But I, it, we're, we're so we're kind of early in it. Um, you know, we we have a prototype set. We know what we're gonna do, but at this point, you know, I have, I kind of have a roadmap plan for how how I want this thing to be unveiled and, and how people are going to see it. So, you know, to really make it stand out, you know, and pop. So, um, I, you know, I can say it's, like I said, it's, it's a unique take on science fiction that I, I personally, I mean, you know me, I play a lot of games. I play a ton of games. So I think it's something that I personally haven't seen before yet, at least. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can, Take whatever you want from that. <laughs> flash but, uh, effect. I think it's flash effect. It's like Mass Effect and Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> if it was that, I would die. I have a question. Is it okay if I ask a question, Maddie? Oh, I yeah, done absolutely. Dude, I'm not. I'm not running this. Just, I had like five <laughs> questions in a row. So go for it. So, you guys um, if you've if you've got a chance yet, or I don't know if you have Shinobi, but um, is there like some pitfalls that you guys already sat back and were like, okay, here's what we're not doing. It sounds like you already do with PR, which I think is intelligent because 
it right now it's a it's a sort yeah, of a disaster you, you in social media. In terms media. of in terms of like messaging or in terms of the even, actual game design or even in the game design, even without talking about let's say anything about the game, but just like has anybody come together and been like, you know, there's a couple things we don't want to do because if you say what you do want to do, then we can probably guess. But right. is there right. is there anything that like you remember has popped up and you're like, we're not doing that or well, you know, you honestly, it's just. Uh, not not so much so far because, um, like I said, it's still early days, but definitely from the outset, you know, so I came on the team a little later, you know, a few months after conception of Wushu, but, you know, I know from the outset they had something clear in mind was definitely not going to do VR because uh, even though, like I said, um, you know, they shipped Tethered back in 2016, that was successfully, you know, successful, commerci- uh, not commercially, but critically, um they they definitely want to do something that'll appeal to as many people as possible, you know, and yeah. something that uh, we think, you know, a, a huge, a large audience would be interested in. So, um, it's it, it's it, our game is is going to have its own quirks, so you know, its own unique style. Um, but yeah, I think think that was the main takeaway: is we we want to do something that will reach as many people as possible and speak to as many people as possible attract as many people as possible. So uh, I think, you know, that's probably the main goal from, from the outset. In that dis- in that same discussion, um, yeah. did anybody look at, like, a Resident Evil 7 and go, well, that did VR and normal gameplay? Or was it, like, VR no right from the start? Like, I understand critical success versus commercial. Yeah. One, one is cool, the other actually keeps you in business. Yeah, so. I, mean, I, I mean, we've talked about that, and we'd love to... You know, implement VR in that kind of way, but also, you know, we're a much smaller team. Yeah, you know, right. Cap- Capcom's huge, so yeah. you know, they they have that uh, they have that reach and those resources to uh, you know to be able to do something like that. But um, regardless, uh, you know, I think I think there's something a lot of people are going to be interested in. So I, I'm pumped to, to finally to finally uh, show more stuff. Hopefully, in the near future, next few months. Can I ask from my side? I'm really interested to know. Yeah, I, I know. I know the the name Wushu, but why did you pick that name? Why Wushu Studios? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it was actually already picked by the time I came on board. But okay, because yeah, yeah, I asked that question, that same question myself. Um, so really, is just <laughs> um, what I, it's kind of just it has that ring to it. You know, we wanted something that was simple, something that was catchy, something you know, something that people remember. Um, uh, you know, and and Wushu kind of has a uh, kind of you know a, a group of su- super ninja you know ri- ring to it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we've already when, whenever we whenever we kind of revealed ourselves publicly um, about you know a little over a week ago, you know the, the reception was was crazy. It was really good, um, and a lot of people were commenting saying, "Yeah, I love that. I love the studio name. I love the logo. You know, I love seeing that." So. So it was a good choice, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys seem to be already garnering some attention. Like most, yeah. I guess uh, when you see that initial launch, it's usually like a. It's either yeah. like you you rise up, you catch some attention, or it's like a it just flops. Yeah. You guys seem to have uh, grabbed some attention. Did that did that catch you off guard a little bit, or were you like, oh, well, we got well, this right? So, uh, you know, it was something. So I was a part of that. Um, you know, planning that. That reveal. So, you know, I wanted I wanted the reach to to be as wide as possible, for, and you know, for as many people as possible to to see that hey, there's new studio, independent studio forming. You know, we got a lot of talent on board. Um, you know, working on you know so and so. So you know, hopefully you guys will be excited. 
So I was kind of in charge of putting that together, reaching out to as many people as possible. Um, and just, I mean, right now, I'm kind of blown away. We almost have, I think we're almost about 3,500 followers on Twitter. Um, and just to see that kind of blew me away because we haven't even we haven't even unveiled the game yet. Um, and there's already that kind of, yeah, there's already that kind of interest. So I was super happy to see that. Um, and uh, yeah, it just just comes from 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 planning and and executing, and and you know, so I'm really happy uh, where yeah. we are right now. So yeah, hopefully, you take some some pages out of the the books of like other reviews, like uh, we'll say how Andromeda kind of did, it, despite how it performed critically and whatnot. But like uh, Fallout Four too, that short term marketing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's 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 definitely way in advance of where we are now. It's, yeah. it's going to be a while, you know, from that. But um, I think just like the main thing for me was I kind of looked into. So I did a lot of research, you know. I looked into how a lot of independent studios kind of unveil themselves to the public and kind of let their presence be known. And I, you know, I learned a lot because a lot of them, they come out and they say, Hey, you know, we're doing so-and-so, you know, this is us, but not not many people hear about them, you know? So I was like, how how do I rectify that? How do I kind of, you know, I want to do the opposite of that just come onto the stage and be like, Hey, we're Wushu, you know, look, look who we have on our team. We're working on an awesome sci-fi game. You know, we're going to be sharing a lot more soon. And I just kind of, we just reached out to as many people as I could, and uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. So, yeah, so yeah, so really happy. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it looks yeah. like a great turnout. From like you said, yeah. you know, it's it's not like much is out there other than some information. Usually, people get on board once we see something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like the so, idea so, is yes, working. that that that'll also really help um, once we do start talking about the game, since there's already that that kind of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah so so i'm pumped and how fast as well um how how do you guys feel about just creating a new studio out of the blue because like i'm assuming at this stage that you're yet to have funding so it must be scary at this stage just to create a studio and hopefully you know everything works out how are you feeling about that yeah yeah i mean yeah we're we're self-funded um at the moment and like I said, um, you know, it's definitely scary, but it's also really exciting because we have a lot of we generally have a lot of interested partners who you know we're going to mm-hmm. talk to at GDC who we're going to meet with, um, and that and they've expressed a lot of interest, um, you know, well well known names, um, and you know we have a lot of uh, pedigree in the studio, a lot of experience you know, former AAA talent, so they really know what they're doing. Um, so I think there's, it's more a sense of excitement and, you know, what's yeah. next, you know, kind of kind of a feeling, is, you know. So Must be a cool know. feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a first for me, right? Because this is, I mean, I've, this has been my dream for, for so long. You know, Maddie knows and, you know, Jeremy knows. Um, I've wanted to, to be in this position for so long, so... I'm also more excited than terrified, so a little I, bit of both, maybe. I wanted him so much that I actually uh, – I wanted him in the industry so bad I actually mistook his news for somebody else's. And so I'm like, congratulations on your job. And he's all <laughs> – and Shinobi's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm all, what, what do you mean? I was like, dude. And he's all – no, I didn't get one. And I went back. I, it was somebody who had like a, a Twitter name that was somewhat close to his. But yeah. it, it, he's always been somebody that – um. It, especially as a, a, I don't know what the term would be, 
I don't like leaker, but whatever you want to term it, but online um, personality. <laughs> yeah, but being a, being a super positive one yeah. uh, is also well needed. You know, people will say, "Well, we need criticism." Blah blah blah. Yeah, we got that. Like I think I think the internet's got that shit handled. So it, it's cool to see somebody who's so into games show that yeah. there is also another way to get into the games industry because I think that it's confusing for a lot of people. It's like, well. You know, how do I get in? What do I do? And it's like, well, sometimes yeah. you know what you do? You have a really good can-do fucking attitude, yeah. and you go out there and you cover some shit, and that can work for you. Yeah. And and it can and it can get you into what I consider a far more interesting level, which is where Nate is right now, which is a smaller studio starting versus, you know, EA. Yeah. Uh, n- nothing against EA, but you know, yeah. suddenly he's worked with six thousand other people, and he, right. his name is just a, t- a tax ID. And right. I think that's. Very- you know, it's it's funny you bring that up, Jeremy, because that was actually. I mean, I I actually had um, you know not to disclose too much, but I had, I had a few offers from from some larger some larger companies, and mm-hmm. and you know they, there was some logistical issues. You know, they wanted they wanted me to move and things like that, which I I couldn't do at the time. So there was that too. But, but like you said, I mean, like this kind of opportunity to be part of something that will grow and and kind of make like have my mark on the studio instead of just. Like you said, just get, kind of getting shuffled in line and just you know getting becoming another gear in, in the machine, you know, like ha- having that tangible like presence from the beginning and like helping to shape the studio and like shape the culture around it and like you know how we operate and things like that. Like that was really enticing for me. So that was another aspect. I was like, hell yeah, yeah, I'm game. Um, and, and yeah, I mean about about the positivity. Like like you said, there's there's already enough criticism, more than enough. Um, so, like, games to me are just, I mean, they're things that should be celebrated, you know. There hundreds and thousands of people, you know, just pour their souls into these into making games for people to enjoy. So, you know, I, I want to be a part of that. So, um, so yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just really excited. I'm so happy that, you know, it finally happened and uh, can't wait, really can't wait to finally just start putting the game out there, so... It's also cool because you, uh, as as positive as you are and stuff, yeah. it, it's sort of cool because you can take some of that knowledge and yeah. I'm going to be honest, maybe yeah. help some developers who don't know when to shut up. Yeah. Like sometimes you, you want to be like, dude, you need a mute button on your Twitter. I've done yeah. it too. So is yeah. Maddie. So yeah. is Lone where you're like, I probably shouldn't have. I probably should have yeah. just stepped away from that yeah. shit and not said anything. And yeah. we've jumped. And so somebody like you who knows you've been on those forums because that's how yeah. I know you. That you and I started talking years ago, yeah. and that bringing that forward and helping out people who maybe don't know as much, yeah. or being able to at least con- uh, not control it but shape it, I think is awesome and something yeah. that isn't done a lo- uh, in a lot of studios. Yeah, again, that's actually one of I mean, I'm not gonna say the reason, but it's actually part of why um, you know the team wanted to bring me on board. Not that they don't know how to handle themselves public or anything, but they they really we're looking, you know, it's a fresh start. So they were looking for someone from the beginning to say, Hey, you know, we want someone who knows how to talk to, talk to gamers and know, you know, know what they're looking for, know what they want. You know, they, you know what they like to hear, what, what, what they're looking for from us, from a game, you know? So, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm totally down for that. I just have a knack for just, I I know how to, I I know what people want to hear, you know, I know, I know, um, you know what what they look for. You know, in a video, I mean, I, I mean, video games. There's a whole gamut of video games, so I can't you can't just like paint it with a wide brush. But like you said, um, that that's that's kind of my role with the studio. So you know, I'm more than happy to to be a champion um, for for Wushu and and the game in the future. So yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is there uh, anything, any other questions or anything you want to tack on at the end? Um, you know, just kind of pay attention to our Twitter <laughs> and uh, keep an eye out. We're going to be sharing stuff, uh, hopefully in the near future. So, uh, and we're excited, and we hope you know people pay attention to us. So, cool. Both Shinobi's and uh, the the studio's Twitter will be linked in the description down below. By the way, for those who want to go ahead and follow that. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be good. I'm awesome. very excited to see more on that. But, Thanks uh, so much, man. Oh, of course, man. Um, yeah. And now. We can hop into some just general gaming news. Shoot the shit for a little bit here. Um, One of the biggest bits of gaming news and easily now the best value in video games is the Xbox Game Pass. And they just added a change to it where now Microsoft Studios titles are going to be added there starting off with Sea of Thieves, which based on the beta, I'm hearing excellent things about this game. So what do we think about this for, for a change? This is some pretty good value, provided Microsoft keeps providing exclusives. You know, if it's like once a year, then... They're making a ton of money, but the exclusives come out as frequently as like a PlayStation console. This could be really good for gamers. Go for it, Shinobi. Yeah, I mean, I was, I agree. I think it's it's an awesome uh, pro consumer move, and I think Sony definitely needs to step up in that arena. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that excited me was I. I don't know if you guys recall. I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head. Um, I think I remember Phil Spencer mentioning that this will also help, kind of. Uh, subsidize kind of new yeah. development, help studios out with with kind of making like those kind of mid-tier level games yep. and, and things like that. Yeah, so Jeremy, I don't know if you heard about that. I, I'm kind of recall something like that. Um, so so that's really exciting. So I, I'm happy to see, I'm really happy. I'm just happy to see more competition um, in, in, the, in the gaming industry like that because it's healthy for everyone. So more, more power to them. And I hope Rare, I hope Rare knocks it out with Sea of Thieves specifically because I love Rare. Yeah. Um, They've been around for, I mean, I think more than almost anybody now. I mean, other than like you know the big three, they've been around for, since for thirty years now. Yeah, um, that's crazy. So yeah, I love them. So I hope I hope it's real successful for them. Has anyone had a chance to play the beta at all? Uh, I played a very early version, so I don't know how much has changed, you know, since then. Have you played both, Maddie? I can't, I think you played it I, at. I played it at E3. At E3, that was. It would have changed time. a lot since then. Yeah, yeah. like. Uh, I thought it was a genuinely fun game. I know we're talking about Xbox Game Pass. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those games that I figured that I needed to be there with friends to really enjoy. Um, but talking about Game Pass, dude, I think it's a it's awesome. I, I think it's a really fun, exciting thing for especially for people that might not have you know all the money in the world and, and they're just scrounging and, and they're like, oh well, I can spend ten dollars and get the latest Xbox game or a bunch of other titles that are on Game Pass. I, I think it's a great idea, and I know that it adds to the monthly Netflix, Spotify, whatever you know bill that you have. But I still think it's a really cool idea, and it just—I I don't know how many new uh, IPs or exclusive games that Xbox are going to be releasing every year on it. But the fact that you might get a Halo, and that you're going to have Sea of Thieves, and you're probably going to get a Forza—you know—I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be most useful come, like, the fall when there's a bunch of launches, at least presumably. I mean, Microsoft was practically invisible last year for most of its exclusives, but um, when it came to maybe this year in the fall where we get maybe three big titles, some people can just spend $10 or $20 in the course of two months and have access to all those games. I I can guarantee you, like, their E3... Well, I'm not going to guarantee, but I can assume that their E3 conference is going something along the lines of... Here's a new game. 
It's coming out on Game Pass. Here's a new game. It's coming out on Game Pass, and they'll keep kicking it out of the park with that. Mm. And by the end of it, you'll have like, what was it last year? It was 40 plus titles. Now, not not all of them were exclusive, mind you, but if they were to get, you know, even anywhere from 10 to 20 titles coming out on Game Pass that are pretty big, you know, from the mid tier AA to AAA category, then I think that'd be great for them. Mm. Also, are was, uh, Lone? Did you have anything to add before I? No, no go ahead, man. I was just gonna say, so I agree with Lone. I, I agree with both these guys that like mid tier and, and stuff like that is, is where we're actually gonna see some greatness. And one of the reasons also is because if you look at the pricing, it's incredibly intelligent. Because mm-hmm. a normal game costs you sixty bucks, mm-hmm. and ten bucks a month, you know, hundred and twenty bucks a total year, sixty bucks every six months. There will usually be an IP of some kind within that time frame that you will care about. And so what Microsoft it, it very intelligently says is here's a great deal. You might want to keep it because you'll lose access to those games if you don't pay your subscription. People are like, oh, it's only 10 bucks," And they keep it. And guaranteed 10 bucks is going... And you talk to anybody in business and they'll tell you this. Ten, guaranteed 10 bucks a month is going to be better than a possible 30 every three. They, yeah. they, it, it will win out every fucking time because it is, it is guaranteed. It's just like 10 bucks, boom, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Huh. And... One of the things that people don't seem to take into account with Game Pass is that DLC and microtransactions aren't included. So that means if you buy, if you get a game for ten bucks that's worth sixty, you've already saved fifty. So mm. a person will do this. We've all done it, where you're like, well, it only cost me ten. I'll spend five bucks for a shirt. And what happens is that the pricing changes from the publisher getting a, a big group of, of, of sixty bucks one time and then never hearing about it again. This is another way for Microsoft. It'll be the same for Sony when they do something, Nintendo when they get off their asses and do anything. But one of these companies, they start to see this continual long-tail sale, the continual long-tail inclusion of these games into a service. And people go and they experience those, and there's a higher chance of them doing a DLC or a microtransaction. And there's a higher chance of them experimenting with games they would never have experimented with before. Because we've all done this. We've all said, eh, it's free, I'll just download it. Yeah. That, and, and 10 bucks isn't free, and I get that, because people are going to argue. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is people will say, it's 10 bucks. I'll look at Elix. And it's like, okay, that's a B-tier yeah. game, Piranha Bytes. You may not have got it. I'm not saying you would do this, but it, it, what happens is those people jump into these titles, and these developers get seeded into the mindset of a gamer that would never, ever, ever, ever have bought their game. It just not having done so. And that's why you have a lot of uh, uh, smaller developers who are really excited about it. They're like, well, fuck yeah. I mean, if we can get on there, that'd be great for us. And it helps. And and also touching on what you said, Carrick, I mean, there's an old, I guess you call it a principle in business or economics that... $10 $10 now is worth more than $10 in a month or $10 yeah. in six months, all right? Because once Microsoft get that money, they can invest it straight away, which is why it's so interesting to smaller developers that are under the Microsoft family that can say, you know what? Like, we have this continuous source of a bunch of $10 every single month, and God knows how many people they have in that service. I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's like in the thousands now. I don't know if it's tens of thousands yet, maybe. I don't who who knows, right? But they have that coming in every month. Just imagine mm. 
what that money can be used for, you know, which studio they can uh, they can invest in, what new IP that they can um, create. That's just going to go back into the into the pool and help someone else create a new game. It's just like this continuous source of investment that, yeah, again, it's a great idea. I also think it's very cool, like you just said about, you know, 10 now versus, you know, 10 later. One of the crazy things is, is that when people <laughs> are doing this and jumping into it, uh, a Microsoft can offset and worry less about titles that maybe they wouldn't have taken a risk on before, which is what you were basically saying. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not saying Scalebound wouldn't have been canceled, but, uh, you know, these games that they're like, mm, maybe they, maybe that moment can be delayed a little bit because they can go, okay, it's yeah. being offset over here. Let's take an experiment. Because Microsoft, we can diss on them all we want, but if you look at some of the stuff that they've done, Ori in the Blind Forest and so forth, you're like, They've actually got some really cool shit. So I would personally rather have them release more cool shit than less. And yeah. to me, I think Game Pass is literally one of the best ways for them to start this sort of so, ball rolling. So my perspective, like you think, all right, they're going to do the Game Pass. They're going to roll in these Microsoft Studios titles. And you think there's going to be more because of that. I'd, more what? Uh, more games. Is that what you're saying? Like more... No, there's. I, I'm saying that the cha that Microsoft, as a financial company, has to cut off if, let's say, a game's not working out, like Scalebound. Mm -hmm. If they're making money in a service on the side, most companies, as long as that money is within the same group and the same tier, gaming, mm. will be able to say, "Ah, eh, we can hold off." You know, we were going to cancel it because there's some issues, but let's give it one more month, or let's give them this new uh, th this money for some technology instead of having no other income anywhere else. Okay. I think Phil even mentioned something like that, yeah. He did, yeah, he, yeah. He, in, in a roundabout way, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. No, just because I'm making sure I, I'm properly thinking about this because, like, I was wondering, and I guess it's a difference of how the money adds up at the end of the day because I'm thinking of my example in the fall, like, okay, let's say they got Halo 6 and, and, and a new Forza game, you know, that's 60 bucks a pop, let's say – most of the people, you know, acquiring this game are, are through the the ten dollar a month Game Pass. Are they taking mm. a loss on that by chance? If if not, many people are paying that sixty dollar price for it. Um, that that's the only thing I'm wondering about is if they start what? stacking releases or releases each month or two um, that are exclusive to the Xbox. Do you think they take a loss through the Game Pass rather than a gain? Or is it just going to it would be obviously, numbers? Yeah, it would obviously depend on the, the calculations in that regard. I mean, are they getting enough $10 people as part of Game Pass to offset whatever it is for 60 Because, like, bearing in mind that that 60 is what, nowadays the first two weeks of sales, and then yeah, it drops right. straight away. And then by, yeah. the, by the time it's, it's... It's certain games that will stay around the 40 to $50 mark for several months, but especially when it's a small indie title or whatever it is, like that, that'll drop off, like an individual game will drop to $10 pretty quickly, and then bigger AAA games will drop to 40 or $50 pretty quickly. So if, if they get enough people, so it, it's a chicken or the egg, because to get people in this game exactly. pass, they really do need to have the big games in there. So you can't necessarily judge that until you have that kind of threshold level of, of people in game pass. Um, and then I, I think... Initially, it might be a loss, but if they get people, enough people in there, then it's going to be like, well, we're just going to release everything in Game Pass because we have a million people in there. Mm -hmm. Also, and I mean, we could go back and look at 360 stuff, or maybe Shinobi knows this, but when you mm -hmm. look at how many even a, a Blockbuster sells, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of the total console owners. 
So even an incredibly a popular title like Halo doesn't sell to 90% of Xbox owners. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. They would be billion, billion, billionaires. Like everybody would be having a testarosta for each foot. So yeah. that's that's not really <laughs> what happens. But um, what is happening is it's not just that month they're releasing, I think, is, is, is so important. It's those other months that people are looking at older games and they're jumping to these other titles and then they have the big game, right? Mm. And you're already in there. I also think something's really interesting and this is like when Maddie said, I haven't turned on my Xbox since fucking two oh, years hey, or whatever. History happened. I been... turned it on just a couple of nights ago. <laughs> oh, right. before, before that, he said that. But here's yeah. what's weird. If you start listening to people, you have cryptocurrency causing GPUs to cost more, people stepping away from PC and going, I can't afford to do this and do that. Yeah. The Xbox X comes out, and people are like, meh. But also, if Microsoft can say, listen, all these people are playing our old games, these servers are still up and running because the game's in Game Pass, then yeah. I think you have that situation where it's like, where are your friends? Because I'm going to be honest, a lot of my friends are PS4. So it's like, mm -hmm. where are your friends? Oh, PS4. But... Something like Game Pass, where somebody says that's a good idea. Origin, which is only available on Xbox, is also an insane deal. Yeah. And then suddenly you have that situation where people are like, "Yeah, actually, I'm that. That makes good enough. I'm going to get, uh, you know, I'm going to buy an Xbox as well, or what have you." And now you have that. Where are your friends? Well, they're on both, which is not being said as much right now. I don't think. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a, a non-financial element out there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and also as well. I read this really, really interesting article about how Microsoft with Game Pass, that because Microsoft has always been traditionally a software company, not necessarily hardware, that's more Sony's department, like they don't care whether you're on Nintendo Switch or PlayStation or PC or whatever it is. If you're buying Microsoft games, you're a Microsoft consumer. Yep. So in, in, in that sense, what I'm seeing with Game Pass is that they don't necessarily care you know, whether you're just purchasing the the big AAA titles and, and, and that's it, or you, you're spending a bunch of money on, on Microsoft games. Like, they just want to have you as a continuous customer, no matter what you're playing. And when you have Game Pass there, it's like, all right, if we can get one person to stay in Game Pass for a year, that's $120, let's say that, right? Because it's $10 a month, right? Yeah. And what, what would be, on average, the average Microsoft consumer spending on Microsoft games? I mean, it could be that, that the average person might get three or four games a year at full price. They might get one game a year. So if, if on average that balances out to a bigger amount, then they're making – this is a, a more profitable venture for them. Mm. But again, like Game Pass needs to reach that threshold level where they have enough consumers in there to actually justify it. And I think with Halo and with Forza, they will definitely get there. Hey, State of, or, uh, state of Decay, come on. State of Decay, Fable, Fable, uh, yeah. There's it's it's pretty crazy. Like they're they're definitely turning it up now. We just like I said, we just need Nintendo to realize what Virtual Console means, and we could have a race. Yeah, we saw during E3 this past in 2017, and um, a lot of titles that caught my eye throughout that show were were all indie. So it's like the idea of those being packaged into this program perhaps would be yeah would be really neat. Um, I was also yeah. thinking because you brought up like how earlier oh it's free or oh it's you know it's 10 bucks a month let's just dive into it you know it, it works so well because my friend and i when we went on xbox we wanted to play gigantic i love gigantic but it's a, yeah. a completely dead game now you know we, we waited like 10 minutes for a match and no one 
was on. So we were like, fuck, we're already on Xbox, let's down the, download something. So we go to the free games and we see, what's it called? Uh, the Adventures of Van Helsing 3. You know, this, <laughs> this online co-op, kind of crummy Diablo game, uh, Diablo-style game, sorry. And I was just like, look, it's co-op. And, and like the reviews were like middle of the road. It looked middle of the road, and we, we were like, it's free. And so we downloaded it, and it, it ended up being like an okay time. You could see like it was one of those games that had like really cool ideas, but just not the money. And, um, you know, it was one of those, now that you bring up the, well, it's free or, well, it's only 10 bucks. I think that might be something that will reel in a lot of, a lot more people with that additional value from the Microsoft studios titles, you know, seeing like, Oh, sea of thieves is on this. All right. I was looking into that 10 bucks. Try it out. If I don't like it unsubscribe. It's, it's also interesting. Like, would we ever see, you know, because third-party titles can be on there, too. Would we ever see a title that, like, is on Game Pass and still has live servers for Xbox but doesn't for PS4 because there's not enough people? Like, will Game Pass keep some of these titles alive, like a gigantic, where, you know, just because people are jumping in and, and testing out some of these titles? It's going to be, it's gonna, like Loan said, though, it's, it's, it, it'll be a while before we get, like, some tipping point. But I think... Um, I think micro. I've always stated exactly what he did, which is like Microsoft. If you're buying their game, it doesn't matter if you're playing it on a fucking abacus. They're happy because you bought their game, <laughs> and that's the difference between Microsoft and Sony right now. And so, when you say one company has a ton of exclusives for their console, that's a positive, but it's also in this case a positive over here as well for these guys that they don't care as much if mm-hmm. which one you're on, as long as it's being played. And I think it's cool, man. I, it's just it's it's so consumer forward. We need more of this. We don't need any more PSN nows. You know, we don't need shit yeah. services. By the way, is PSN up again? It was down <laughs> all was down earlier. Monster Hunter came out and it was like you were going to shut down PSN. You don't and, need and it. And DV Fighters. And I was just like, oh my, my yeah! edition just <laughs> literally when I was walking into my room to start this up came in the mail. I'm like, oh. yes, I'm gonna play online with my friends, and I'm read online that the fucking PSN servers are down. I'm like, oh. fuck you. <laughs> What's online mean? Well, we don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Turn it Dude, off. That's one thing <laughs> that I gotta give Microsoft credit for is is they have made some real positive changes. Like I was impressed with the UI. Um, the download speeds are tremendous. I my wireless internet is not very good, but I was getting really good download speeds on my <laughs> Xbox wirelessly. Where my PS4, it's like. Oh, it's terrible sometimes. <laughs> it barely keeps me online wirelessly. And so that's one thing. Like, Xbox Live really doesn't have any issues. Or PSN, it's always something. Like, I, I, it's either, like, I sign on and it says, like, there's a network error or that my wire isn't properly functioning, but yet it is on any other device. It's, like, something with their network and their servers just is... I'm sorry, I gotta say, it's trash, though. It's it's very cheap. And like you said, with PSN now or PS now like uh, a live streaming backwards compatibility service on those servers it's it's awful i've always said that ps now is like one of the most anti-consumer things ever it's so fucking high priced it is weird yeah sony's definitely gonna have to to answer you know to game pass maybe not this generation because i mean they're sitting real pretty right now but they're so far ahead in terms of uh you know install base and things like that but I mean, come next generation, I think they're definitely looking at what Microsoft's doing, and they're going to have to respond. So, 
Remember, yeah, Shinobi? Hopefully. Remember, PSN didn't charge for a long time? Yeah. You, you, you were like, Microsoft is making a killing. Somebody at Sony in their financial department is just tearing their hair out going, yep. we got to charge. Guys, yep. we got at some point, we got to charge. And they were like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they're yeah. making billions of dollars. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we got to figure out a way to, to, to do this. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be interesting um, to see what everybody does. I'm, to be honest, I still t- truly believe this. I just want to see this push even a Nintendo more. We talk about Sony, but it's like I, I consider Nintendo really dropping the ball on various little elements for consumers for Switch. And yeah. I would, I, I want to see more of this kind of stuff be looked at. I bet you it won't, but it's just that's my dream. We'll hope. Yeah. Virtual, virtual console. Regardless, yeah. though, it's it's great news for everybody. This Xbox Game Pass change. I, I said when it first launched, this is like, you know, the best value. It will it will change gaming and. Uh, they're continuing to do so so we'll see how it develops and now let's talk about some reports coming out that anthem which is supposed to be a fall 2018 title might be delayed this came from kotaku is a very extensive report but uh the, the end note here is there might be a delay into spring of 2019 are we surprised uh do we think this is a good choice the reason they did do this by the way i should mention i think this is the most important point personally is that uh the delay happened because they think it's a do-or-die situation, a make-or-break situation for Bioware, and if they don't get this right, they're, they're done. So I'm very yeah. curious to hear what you guys It is, is currently just a report, just a report. Kotaku usually – I'm not going to say they always get it right because I can't no, say but that usually. for certain, but yeah, yeah I, usually I, don't remember them, right. I don't remember the last time ever they've come out with like a report like that, whether it was No Man's Sky, Destiny – yeah. for all that stuff and I have actually been wrong so I'm going to trust this uh, is real um, yeah Jason Trier usually has, has really good uh, really good sources so I would trust him yeah, sources absolutely. good enough that other YouTubers just read his articles <laughs> did, yeah. did you guys see his Twitter man he was mad about that yesterday <laughs> so a, a big a big channel was just reading his articles as their own news I guess yeah um, so uh, when we when we look at um, when we look at this I, I don't think anybody's surprised, right? That yeah, it's, I'm not, that it's no. delayed. I'm not, 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 not in the aspect that the game is in trouble or anything. But I think, um, I think it, both Bioware and EA, um, you know, and, you know, Andrew Wilson and Patrick Sutherland, all them, you know, I think they they know that there's there's so much writing on this game. I mean, from from what I've heard over the years. Um, EA has put so much, so many resources into Anthem. Um, you know the budget's huge, so the, it it really has to be a hit. Um, you know, and I think they're they're looking at the uh, the obstacles that Bungie is running into with Destiny Two and things like that, and they're they're going to take their sweet time. And I'm I'm all for it. I hope they take as much time as they need yeah. because I think Anthem looks freaking phenomenal, at least just from you know from last E3. Um, and I, I've always loved Bioware. You know, they've had some missteps here and there, but for the most part, they've always delivered games I've absolutely loved. Um, and you know, Anthem is—it's a new, new uh, direction for them. Yeah, it's—it's a—it's a shooter. You know, an action game that you know has, has a co-op focus. But you know, they also said you know you can play you know by yourself. So you know, I'm, I'm expecting it to still have that Bioware flavor. Of uh, storytelling and you know awesome characters and things like that, but I just I, I, I hope they take as much time as they need, and I, and I really hope uh, you know they succeed with it because it would be a shame if you know if Bioware you know if it doesn't work out for them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, after 
I know, I know. Actually, I'm not too sure what your thoughts on Andromeda are, but I know we we yeah. think differently on Inquisition, where for me, the past two games from Bioware have been uh, not too pleasant experiences. Yeah. Um, where, where with Anthem, I'm not necessarily holding my breath, but I would certainly never want them to go under because, uh, like Carrick, uh, yeah. they've made many of my favorite games of all time. Uh, they, yeah. you know, way back, like KOTOR, I love Jade Empire now. I played that for the first time just last year, yeah. and that's one of nice. my favorites now. So it's like, you know, th- it would just be awful to see a, a studio like that go. So I, I really do hope they, they take their yeah. time. Yeah, I'm, 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 really, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, honestly, like, to be a hundred percent honest, I'm hopeful for it. I think I think it's going to be good um, because simply because of the team that's behind it. You know, the Edmonton team they still have a lot of the uh, you know, a lot of the old school uh, old school vets are still there. Um, you know, Casey Hudson's back. You know, kind of steering the ship, which you know I, I trust him a lot. And um, you know, Jonathan Warner, game director. You know, I've I've talked with him you know personally, and he, he's an awesome guy, really talented. Um, so. I think it's going to be good. They and they have a uh, you know new uh, some some vets from other studios, places like Naughty Dog and things like that, that are doing a lot of work on Anthem. So uh, I'm not uh, I'm not pessimistic. I, th- I think it's going to be good, but you know we'll see. So I'm hopeful. Love what about you guys? Yeah. Uh, I don't know because like aren't we just all used to games being delayed and not for a bad <laughs> reason? It's just it it's just the way. It, it goes sometimes. I mean, I, I was reading that Kotaku article, and apparently um, the initial release window was a bit too ambitious anyway. And yeah. I could see how that goes down. I mean, they could have been maybe a couple of years away from that release window when they first thought of it or announced it. I, I'm not too sure when the specifics were. And then you, as you get closer, you think, we just need more time. And it's just the way it goes. Yeah, so I'm not that's not a bad thing. I mean... No, it's not. It's just... Yeah, if they plans. realize... I mean, heck, if you know, for Wushu, if we're making our game getting close to it, and I was like, hey, we, just, we need a little more time to make it, to really make it perfect to, to get to a yeah. point where we think people are going to love it instead of just liking it, more power to you. you know? I mean, you know, it's not, you're not on any deadline. There's no race. You know, well, I mean, they have to answer to investors. So, I mean, I guess there's that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, take your time. It, did, did you have anything to add, Lone, to what you're saying? No, no, go ahead. Um, here, here's what sort of scares me a little bit, though, is when like you hear one of us say um, they've, they've invested a lot. What happens is you have this weird diminishing return situation where it's like Elix versus a Fallout 4, where it's one might have cost five times what the other cost, but they both do post-apocalyptic battle. And they both have the same systems. There's an upgrade system, there's an upgrade system, there's a this, there's a that. And what I think happens with gamers is they can't see the price difference. And they shouldn't. What, what, what I mean is they shouldn't know exactly and be like, well, that was a dollar more for that texture. That doesn't make any sense. And yeah. so what worries me is that when you hear about these huge amounts of money and huge teams, that a lot of times when the game gets down to it, if you're not in the industry like we are, and if you're not listening to this podcast, if you're a normal consumer, because normal consumers aren't doing that most of the time, what happens is they can't see the difference. And so the payoff, if they see a commercial, may not be, you know, it may not be as much as maybe an EA needs or a Bioware needs. And so I love the idea that they're putting a ton into it, but I also get nervous that sometimes that diminishing return, sometimes it's like, do you, you know, 
do we want to do that? Should we spend this much? Should we delay it? Should we do all these things? I mean, it's whatever business, it's however they want to run their business. But yeah. a lot of people I talk to, if I sat them down and said, here's this game and here's this game, what do you think they cost? They may, you know, they wouldn't really know, and I'm not necessarily sure that they should. And that, that I think, hurts BioWare in a weird way because BioWare also has had some bad luck lately. Like, they just bad luck buffet. It's like whether it be Andromeda, one you know, incredibly buggy, or it be Inquisition, which people felt was a little MMO-ish. I think that's what one of Maddie's issues was with Inquisition, if I remember right. And mine as well. Um, I don't think as many people are sort of waiting either. And I, I, as for the window, I think they were lying. And I'm going to be, I do. I think that they're just, they just say a name. Or you can call it lying, whatever. But you, they, you just say a date. You're like, yeah. It's not like Metro where they're like, here's the exact fucking day. It's where they were like, <laughs> you know, because they did. Metro was like, dude, at this time, 3 a.m. in the morning, we're releasing this bitch. You're like, okay, I probably believe them. But when <laughs> EA said Anthem was releasing right now, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, no, they're not. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. It's, no, and that's okay. That I just wish sometimes yeah. that they. I just wish a little bit that they wouldn't, though. And they were just like, when it's ready. Because other companies do that. Other companies say when it's ready. I think it's time for the big companies to say when it's ready. Because when you say we're spending an extra year, do you know what a lot of consumers say? I want to see what the extra year did. That's not really what the game is about. <laughs> the game is a, a collection of all the years. But okay. if, you, if, you, if you draw attention to it, I think that publicly it can really burn you. And I would rather have them just be like, you know, Dennis Dyack yeah, the bitch, and be it like, is, it is it is unnecessary attention. I agree, and because um, I mean, already, our, I mean, it's unconfirmed at this point. You know, even though we we all know it's probably likely true, but a lot of the comments, and I was reading, you know, just reading some people's comments, so it's just a slew yeah. of just ridiculous things. Like, I mean, half of them were were saying things like. Oh, they're, I'm sure they're taking an extra time to figure out how to screw us with loot boxes, you know, and things like right. that. I'm like, oh, God, I expected this. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it just draws unnecessary attention, like you said. And it, yeah. Shoot, I would prefer if they just said, you know, when it's ready instead of uh, – because that, that to me comes off like, yeah, you know what you're doing. You're confident. Exactly. You're not going to tell us. And, you know, we're, we're coming out. We're saying, hey, look, this is what we're making. When it's coming out, we'll tell you when, when we'll tell you. You know, just relax. You know, like that gives me confidence. Um, I feel like if they're just not ready to talk about it or just say when it's ready, though, they sh shouldn't even reveal it at that point, you know? It's like. Yeah. Dennis Dyack believed that. Did you guys ever play Two Human for the. What was that? Xbox? <coughs> was that for both systems? I think that was like a launch title or a launch window title. Launch, like, I remember no. I just, I, I, when I bought my 360, uh, it was uh, in 2008. Uh -huh. And I remember, like, the guy was going through games on the shelf at GameStop on, on what I should pick up, and he gave me Mass Effect, Kung Fu Panda, and he was like, you tried Too Human, and I never tried Too Human. I've always been curious about it ever well, since that day. Well, uh, Dennis Dyack, his belief, and I'm not saying he's right, but his belief was that, hey, you, you announce it like pretty quickly when you're ready to release it. And I'm not saying that that makes sense for all companies, but I certainly would much rather have a six-month window. Yeah. I, w I think that would be great. Even Phil Spencer's come out and said Microsoft is definitely shutting up now. Like it, the the negativity for Scalebound and being canceled and all these kind of things is like we're going to wait until we're much closer to really yeah. showing something substantial and being closer to that release window. And I think for gamers, that's just, I mean, 
that's just awesome. That's it's exactly that's exactly what you want. You want yeah. the developers worrying uh-huh. about the game and you over here waiting for just, a game. I think the yeah, issue it, gets amplified. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Shinobi. I'm just thinking no. like the, the issue almost gets amplified when you look at, you know, you, uh, so many Xbox owners look at PlayStation and, and see all these exclusives pouring out, and then you look at Microsoft, and it's like, oh, man, they're obviously not doing anything, you know, despite changes with the Game Pass, uh, the, the ID at Xbox program, changes that are really positive for the system, and, and they're still profiting, you know, and outselling their, their margins by expectations that they beyond their beliefs it's just that sony is doing so much better in certain areas that it almost like i said it amplifies this issue where um i feel like gamers become impatient with microsoft where it's smart that they're not going to talk but but i feel like there's always this misinterpretation now that oh well they're doing nothing yeah yeah that's the thing yeah you made a good point because that's i mean that's one of the reasons you know companies kind of put things out there early because Consumers want to know. Hey, look, hey, I bought your, you know, I bought your your console. I bought your, you know, I bought your shit. So let me know what's coming. What's coming? You know, um, you know, what's the good reason for me to keep this? You know, so I, I'm. That's that's one reason why these companies put things out there early. Another one, obviously, is of course the financial side. You know, you got investors. You got to please. So investors, they want to be confident. They want to they want to be happy and know what you know. You got good things coming down the pipeline. So if you you keep quiet for too long. You know your stock's gonna start dropping and all that kind of crap. So I mean, uh, it's understandable from from multiple points of view. So yeah, it's, see, that's the business side. Like I, I need to work on understanding like the stocks and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, once it's a commercially available company, shit goes out the window, dude. Yeah, like, it 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 it's totally a whole other ball game. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole other ball game, and and it's so confusing because it's. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll have uh, like you and I. We were teasing take two. They're all we haven't microtransactioned enough, and you're all fucker. That's all you do. Your yeah. game is just I have to buy the fucking vowels for the main title. Like come the fuck on. But what's weird is a lot of people don't see that, and then a lot of people see the financial side, the investors that have nothing to really do with games. They just want yeah. to take. They just like seeing this amount of money. Take two, by the way, is private. But I'm just saying that I think they are right. Take two is. Isn't take too not far. Sure. <laughs> I would um, not know. But you get you get these situations where the investors become invested in yeah. the subject matter itself, and sometimes I wish they wouldn't. It's like yeah, you, and they're really they're really behind the scenes a lot of time. I mean, a lot of yeah. the public have no idea about that aspect of the business. So a lot of these decisions might come off. You know, they'll be real confused by it. You know, so exactly. I mean, and how many leaks yeah. have been caused for you, Shinobi? How many leaks have been IP? Or morning meetings at a company, <coughs> a business meeting, where like you'll see it. Somebody will be like, "During EA said that they had a big third-person shooter," and then everybody's like, "Whoa, really?" And they jump into it because yeah. of some financial meeting. And you're like, "That wasn't even a game announcement? How the yeah. fuck?" And yeah, it, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how you built yourself up, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's insane. It's it's like a huge yeah. step at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, even now, you know, sometimes I think about it. I'm like, how the hell did I get where I am now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's completely. I'm trying to figure when. So I'm trying to figure when did you first meet Shinobi, uh, Maddie? When, when or start talking to him? Oh man, definitely My, at least a couple years. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, absolutely. 
Um, I um, think I started following you around like pre Fallout Four, like twenty fourteen. Was that what it was? Yeah, because yeah. like I was looking for any inside information I could find, and I was trying my <laughs> hardest. <laughs> so in the mere mention of Fallout Four, he's like, "Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got that Fallout Four meter sniffing around." That's how that's how Maddie and I got to know each other because he said something nice about my review. But what's weird is Maddie also loves the game that um, Shinobi and I played No HUD and loved, which was Far Cry Primal. Oh. Maddie, would, Maddie could spend hours telling you how much he loves Far Cry Primal. Yeah. Go ahead, Maddie. He, I like to highlight that Carrick converted my whole patron Discord, and everyone was like, yeah, I, I fucking love Primal. I come in, I'm like, where am I? Uh, yeah, I saw your post. You're like, what the hell yeah, is I'm going like, this on? This is my right safe now? space, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I go to hide from the world, yeah. man. What's happening in here? This is where I go for people to agree with me and stuff, and I see this shit. Come on, man. How many caveman games do we get? Yeah, how many caveman Zero. games? Exactly. Because, no, um, what I hated was I started thinking to myself, was it that bad? Or am I just, like, <laughs> hating it because of Carrick now? Yeah, uh, probably a little a little yeah. of both. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. it, it wasn't the greatest game in the world. I mean, I can see why people would dislike oh, it. Yeah, I, I disliked Hardline, and you liked it, and I don't think it's the mm. most terrible game in the world. It just it, it happens. It, it's yeah. pretty terrible. That's the beauty of games, man. There's something. This it might be for someone, might not be for someone mm-hmm. else, and there's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing at all. Just that everyone lives in their own bubble, where they're like, "Hey, you should like what I like," and, <laughs> and they, their shit. ego becomes attached to their opinion. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, "Whoa, really? Like, <laughs> you're, hey, you're, you're taking now, that man. serious? Not attacking you. I'm talking about you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like, I'll say that I'm guilty when I really like a game. I'll like look for reviews, hoping that other people think the same. Like when I loved Rabbids, <laughs> oh. I was like, I, I I hope I see reviews that you know people really love this game because it's kind of like I, I don't know what the word is. Maybe deflating when you really like a game, you want to you hope that it does well and you hope people love it. So when you yeah. see really negative reviews about a game you loved, right. it's not the nicest feeling in the world. But then yeah. there's a difference between that and then yeah. going to. I think of it like studio know. success. Like I look at, I think Dishonored Two is an example that comes to mind, or, or Watch Dogs Two. Like those are games that I, I really enjoyed, and I know uh, both of them had their issues. Dishonored Two more at launch. Uh, but I was, you know, when I saw them underselling, it wasn't like I was attached to the product or my opinion on it. I was just like, oh man, like I kind of wanted that to yeah. succeed like, business wise. Yeah. Because you want more, you know? So, yeah. you know, exactly. I want more. Absolutely. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, and, and technically we got more Dishonored, which kind of surprised yeah. me because it was really fucking good. I well, I, I'm, I'm sure. I think that was, prob- that was probably in the works, probably even before Dishonored 2 shipped. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Also. I'd imagine so. It was a yeah. quality game, though. Love that game, yep. yeah. Yeah. And uh, last, I figured we'd we'd talk a little bit about Monster Hunter World and DB Fighters, uh, whether we played it or not. Uh, I think Carrick's the only one here who's who's played all of them, but uh, you know we'll just talk about the games in general because they're two pretty big launches this week. So uh, Carrick especially loves DBZ, especially. Yeah, yeah all right. I do like, I do <laughs> like that game. I, I don't know what to say. I, yeah, I, I maybe it. don't talk about DB fighters too much. Let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit about Monster Hunter World. What do you what do you think of this game? I fucking love it, man. Really? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I, it, so, it's so, so, Carrick, have you played the series before? Or is this your? Uh, I I did reach back and start playing them. Uh, I had played like the originals like a long time ago and then sort of got out of it and and, and I don't even know if I even really knew what it was at the time. It might have been one of those. It's cheap. Yeah. You know, kind of situations, but yeah. um, and then and then went back and played some prior to this coming in because I was like, I I should bone up and sort of see, like what's 
you know, what's yeah. what so I can talk to long term people. But the fact is, is that um, I personally, I think it's just one of those titles that has a bump at the starting and a lot of people just won't understand. It, there's a complexity there in the gameplay loops in a grindy game that does well that aren't in games that grind that don't do well. And mm-hmm. one, of, one of the things about the gameplay mechanics in Monster Hunter is they're so interconnected. It's like this armor has a skill which then allows me to fight this one bad guy. But we're all accustomed to games where you sell your old armor. Let's be yeah. honest. I mean, you don't want to carry it around, right? You're like, what the fuck? You know, right. I don't want this. But that game, almost every bit of armor may matter because it may have a special Ooh. skill or it may oh, have a, a, a bonus for an element. Yeah, and I'm, so, I'm here. Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing you talk now, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. If that's for me because that's something. Yeah, I definitely have to get used to something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's it is a yeah. different style game, and it's it's. It is based on MMOs, though. If you understand right. an MMO and you're okay with that, you'll probably be okay with this because it's the same yeah. thing. It's going to a place, grinding out some enemies. Um, yeah. But their battle system is far closer to a Dark Souls. I know people are going to get mad, but that's the best comparison. <laughs> okay, Surge. We'll call it Surge. Yeah. But any, any of those. comparing games. everything to Dark Souls. <laughs> exactly. It's the Dark Souls get, of. No. <laughs> I, I saw a, tw- uh, a tweet about that today. Someone was like, get better with your description. Stop comparing it to Dark Souls. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah. What's the issue? Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't get the problem either. It's just like, okay, here is difficult game A, and then just use that as a terms of comparison or a description. I, yeah. I don't see the issue with it whatsoever. Uh, has anybody bought it? So Maddie bought Monster Hunter. Not, not me. <laughs> uh, not, not me. I've actually I've never played the series, but this one, because I'm I'm a I'm a big narrative guy. You know, I love uh, you know a yeah. good core narrative in my games. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's not the main main thing for me. It's you know I'm really big on that. So the fact that this one kind of, at least from what I've read, is the first in the series to kind of have a an a legitimate story mode definitely piqued my interest so that's why i was interested but i don't know hearing you talk about the mechanics and the systems i'm like ah i don't know if it's for me it it's i mean i it's there's nothing it's wrong just with one of those games yeah it's just yeah. one of those games that's really complex and it just yeah. has so many things matching up together and then dark souls style combat and we can call it yeah. dark souls whatever but looking for openings and one of the first things you have to learn is like a big weapon you don't right. want to use it right away. We've seen that before, where you're looking for an opening, but in this game, it's quite different. There'll be an enemy that has three openings in a move. They have, like, an an opening that if you hit them, you'll do some damage. You have an opening that if you hit them, you might break something off, and then you have an opening that will just do a ton of damage, might stun them, and you have to watch, like, 50 things, especially mm-hmm. in the more difficult enemies, and go, okay, where am I health-wise? I'm just going to hit him, because I just want to kill him. Or you're like, oh, no, I need his tail, I'm going to break this off. And and so you're bouncing all these things around. And it's really weird to hold and not hit a button because there's an opening that you don't want to go for, which other than Dark Souls, Surge, um, the, that that one other game from the people who did Surge, uh, I can't uh, remember. The the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. There's rarely a game where you're like, whoa, I'm going to hold back yeah. and hit them in this third opening. Yeah. It's very unique. Yeah, hmm. see, it's I, fascinating. I, I with Monster Hunter games, like I played Freedom. I loved Freedom, but I was like yeah, really young, where I I think I just thought it was a cool game and nothing more. Like it wasn't like I was obsessed with the boss fight esque nature of the series. Mm-hmm. I tried Three Ultimate, and I, I, that's when I learned that like controls play a huge factor in my enjoyment. Like it's insane that I might end up not liking a game if it controls poorly. 
and not that yeah. three ultimate did but when you're playing on a tiny 3ds uh like just the <laughs> way you had to work the camera and fight it was just way too cramped where yeah. world has piqued my interest because it's actually going to be all mapped to a ps4 controller i've heard it controls well and mm. that is why I want to get into it. I've also heard that it's because uh, I played like Tokenin, which is uh, another Monster Hunter type series, uh, a little mm. more actiony, but this one looks more like Tokenin too, which is nice. But what I was getting at is that one issue I've always had with Monster Hunter series is is that they're grindy in the way where you're going back and repeating missions constantly. And I've heard that World dials that back, which I like. I don't mind repeating a couple missions to you know get that make my time feel well spent and get that one piece of armor that I was, you know, I might have missed in the previous mission or something like that. But, like, in Token, and you got to fight the same boss, like, 20 times, and, and it's all RNG. It, it gets really frustrating, and it's, it's completely unappealing, and the game loses its sizzle fast because of that, where I've heard World rewards your time, which I think is so key in a Monster Hunter game. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty interested in it right now. Because I remember, Carrick, you said, and I thought it would go the same way, that these reviews might be you know, like, one person will love it, say, like, this is it. Some people will yeah. be like, eh. Uh, and they're all across the board from what I've seen. Everyone loves this game. Yeah, it's doing I'm, really I, well. I'm pretty sure, I think, on the last podcast that I was on, we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, I'm sure some people will really love it and some will hate it. I, I did my review, and I was like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like, what are people going to say? And then I looked, and it was like, fucking Metacritic for, like, 95 or something. Yeah. I'm like, it's performing what It's insanely well. Yeah. Yeah, it's at ninety one now, but yeah, it's yeah. ninety one. That's yeah. really high for a game that's that complex that um, some people have never had experience with. You know, so they might jump into. And I think it does do a good job with the story, like Shinobi said, where mm-hmm. there's a bit of a story. Uh, that's awesome. It's it's not great yeah. <laughs> at all, but at least there. something that's there. You know, yeah, <laughs> something from you chew on. That's all I need. Lone, um, have you played Monster Hunters at all? It doesn't sound like no. you're into them at all. Just nah, too grindy. You 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 piqued my interest with Dragon Ball Fighters, but that's fine. Oh yeah, dude, that <laughs> game, sweet. That, I am definitely picking that up because I've I've been a, I've always been a huge DBZ fan. I mean, to the Me point like you know that, back in back in the nineties, <laughs> and I was in middle school. I would just I would run home from the bus. I'd be it'd be right around that five o'clock time in the afternoon. New DBZ episode, and oh. I'd just sprint home, you know, dude. to watch it. And so I've always been a DBZ fan. I just you know I've watched all the episodes, you know, multiple times each. Um, yeah. So just seeing something that, I mean, looks like the show, like you're playing the show. Uh, it legitimately yeah. does, doesn't it? It really I, I does. Was say, I, mean, I was the same as you. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was watching read, the show in the morning. It's really accessible, you know, the movesets, and, you know, they've made it accessible to as many people as possible. So I love that. Because, um, in fact, you know, I just that's what I love, for example, uh, about NetherRealm games. You know, I just I literally just beat Injustice 2 today, which I loved. Um, yes, yeah, awesome, awesome so game. So good. Yeah, so. love Nether Realm. Um, so I mean, I love fighters that are kind of more accessible for, for you know, for kind of not casual, but maybe uh, less uh, less able <laughs> fighting fighting players. Uh, so, and this one again has, has a story too, story mode. So that's definitely uh, An original definitely story plus. Story I can't. Too. It's awesome, actually. I mean, just we're still in January, and we have we already have so many awesome games. I mean, twenty eighteen looks like it's going to be a repeat of last year, which is awesome. So. Yeah. What yeah. were you gonna say, Lone, about Dra- Dragon Ball? You were you were saying something. No, I was just saying that it was just, it was similar to um, 
shinobi in the sense that I would watch Dragon Ball Z, like, but we, we had it running in the mornings before school. Right. And it was so annoying because it was like, it starts at 7.30 or something. <laughs> and then I had to leave to catch the bus at like 7.45, 7.50 before the episode oh. ended. Pissed me off. But no, I, I'm in love with Dragon Ball Z and I'm, I love Dragon Ball Super as well. Dear, yeah. This game just looks straight out of the anime. And I, I, think one of, I think my favorite Dragon Ball Fighter game is, I think like most people, Tenkaichi 2. I think that's the good one. Um, one. So. Yeah, dude, like, and, and and everyone does, right? But I, I have always wanted this kind of it's it's two D, but you know, two D slash three D fighting game that I, I only wish that there were, and I understand why there's not. I do wish there was there were some more characters in there, and it's kind of weird to me how I I thought it would just be Goku, but then you have. Super Saiyan Goku, and then you have Super Saiyan God Goku, and then you have Black Goku. Like, <laughs> it, I don't know why it's split up that way. Like, but whatever. Like, they want to uh, promote the new the the new anime, but it looks really really good. And, and judging by your review, Carrick, I'm definitely want to pick it up. Do you know what's cool is a new person can get it, but then a person who you know, has done really well. So when I was reviewing, I was like, oh, let's get somebody who knows what the fucking, you know, really doing. And I already heard, like, people on YouTube, experts, you know, their Dragon Ball channel, people are like, man, this game is good. You know, I got to play it at this event, blah, blah, blah. So I brought him over, and I was like, I've been doing pretty good, and I had the CPU on, like, 75 when I was playing. I was still beating it, and I was like, because 1 to 75, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty well. This mother... I mean, fuck! Like, fuck! (laughs) I, I swear to shit twice. I was like, this controller is no longer fucking plugged into my Xbox. This is fucking stupid. I mean, I was all, what the? And he's like, and he's talking to me about like other shit he's doing on the side. And I'm like, are you, could you put, at least Shut pretend this is fucking hard? Yeah, yeah, pretend it's hard. Pretend kicking my ass. It was like my body was made of handles. He was just like, <laughs> fuck you. And it was awesome. The only problem with that game. There isn't a ton of bigger, super strong characters. You've got one, but I was really, I was actually really surprised that they're going to hold them for DLC because, and I think another YouTube, I think Maximilian had brought it up where he's like, man, it seems like it's, it's a little skewed towards mobility and, and, and not anybody who's like a huge bruiser. And there's only one or two that even come what I would consider. I like that personally. I, so I, I thought it played yeah, well. I, I don't like fighter. Like, I, I spent the whole day yesterday, a buddy Zanky. came over, and we were just playing fighters all day. And, like, we, nice. you know, from Virtua Fighter to Dead or Alive, and, and like, in Dead or Alive, uh, everyone's a bruiser in that game. Everyone hits hard. Same thing with Virtua Fighter. And at times, it can just be a little deflating because you'll get started with a fight, and, and it'll be over in a flash. And I, I like. <laughs> the intensity of the battle and, and when everyone's just kind of like nicking at each other's health bars and then it's a really close battle. Like those are the best fights hands down. Yeah. You know, no one likes a blowout. So that's, that's good news for me personally. So, so who are the, are the bruises? I'm assuming it's like Android um, 16, Android 16. Napa is probably somewhat, but I would, in all honesty, if you were to ask me, I would just say Android 16 is the only one. And wow. uh, talking to a couple of YouTubers, they were like, yeah, I would, I, it, and they know it more than I do. Like, they're down to frame counting and stuff, which I can no, do a little I, bit. I thought Majin but, Buu would be one of those big bruiser characters, but no. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Diaper diaper Boy, right? Yeah, Diaper uh, Boy is Majin yeah, Buu. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is, you are absolutely correct, actually. Uh, I was just calling him Boo, uh, but he, um, <laughs> yeah, he, 
Yes, that would actually be he, I think, was the next up. And and yeah. certainly at times there there are moments where if you get caught in a certain situation and he starts hitting heavy and medium buttons, you're just like, uh, yeah. so it's uh, it's cool. It's just it's a different feel. You know, I think DLC will probably somebody quoted me and said, you know, Carrick says that it's there aren't a bunch of big bruisers i have one word for him and i can't remember what character name it was but supposedly there's one dlc character that everybody's like that's going to be the the beerus hercule hercule <laughs> imagine no i can't i can't remember the name but How they many were characters like characters from super are in there or is it mainly like a dbz i mean i know most of the no, DBZ th- there are a few super there are a few so. there's there's beerus goku black the, i know he's from goku super. black uh, i think they have Actually, no. There's. I thought they had. Um, I think there's three. Is Android Twenty One from Super? I don't know. No, no, she's not. Okay, I don't remember that. I don't remember that name at all. <laughs> I can only see Android Twenty One. I, I was like, what? No, I can only see two here. Wow. I thought there was three. I'm because looking. because you unlock some in the story mode. Okay. Okay. There's twenty. 20, I can't remember, 22 or 24. Oh, hit. Characters. It's hit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, that, I love that surprises me that there's a few, like, I know they don't add, like, a ton of new characters, and, and part of the reason they don't is because, well, they want to make each fighter individual. But, you know, it's not like Super is not popular. You know, Dragon Ball Super it's is really is, popular. It's, it's popular. It's I think it's good. Um, And it's been I, going I, I for can... a while. Where it's like, I can tell you the right uh, right now, the next character, in terms of like the big bruiser character, it's going to be Jiren. I don't know if you watched the anime, but Jiren's kind of like the... It's right now Super's in its final arc, and it's actually ending in March, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but Jiren's kind of like, like the big character that Goku and Vegeta are trying to take down. Um, he's definitely going to be... If he's not incredibly overpowered, I'd be very surprised. Hmm. Let's put it that way. I yeah. will say one thing too, and Monster Hunter, uh, I think, does an excellent job. Um, both of them use like, both of them are very variable. There's, it, it's weird because Injustice, which Shinobi, it sounds like he likes. I think we yeah. all, if you've turned that on, you probably like it. But it, even Maddie, I think, one time said he went online. It was just projectiles. He was like, yeah. "Fuck!" It was like everybody That's both was just Justice game. That's any other own game. That's why I've kind of lost my infatuation with them. So what's what's cool here is that there's so much that it just seems wider than most 2D games. It's called a 2.5 for whatever reason because some special moves do the 3D thing. But it um, there's there's a, a there's openings that are like I'll take a hit to deliver one. Of course we we've seen that tons of times. But the way that you use the gauge and the way you burn your meter and all that stuff, it just it felt like there was different ways for somebody to fight with the same character. So that, like, mm-hmm. if Maddie and I both sat down, sure, they would have the same overall stats and stuff, but we could play them slightly different because of the way you can do things. And one of the craziest things you can do is switch out without doing a super. So you can do a combo and then say, I'm not going to do a super, and then another person's super, I'm going to switch out into their super right away. Mm-hmm. And it changes the flow and makes it fuck. So, like, you'll get a guy who's like, my super doesn't, because there are supers that aren't that good. You're like, that's really not the best air super or whatever. But the other guy I have on my team is fucking phenomenal. And his does a ton of damage and does, you know, this kind of landing, what have you. And so you switch out. And I really liked that. And I don't know anywhere near as much as those, you know, professional fighters who are. But it was enough that even I was like, whoa, 
this is slick. The assist buttons are huge. It's the first time where I felt like, man, three people matter. It's not like one guy, I'll fight till he dies. Next guy, I'll fight till he dies. You're just like, assist, fucking combo, super assist, mm-hmm. assist. It's, it reminds me of Dead or Alive. Like I said, I was just playing that yesterday. And it like, does. Dude, it like, does. tagging in, you can... That game is fun. I've always liked Dead or Alive. I, I, I think it's got a more of a cult following than, like, a big fan following. But it is so much fun because it's just a heavy beat-em-up fighter. And, um, yeah, it's like that tag, the tag matches are, are mm-hmm. the best part of the game where, you know... They are. Someone is a good finisher rather than uh, a striker. So if you have a striker you can't, and, like, you... you Stun, get a critical stun, I think it is, and you tag someone in, they just, like, hit them with a hard jab, and they go flying, and it takes out, like, half their health bar. It's so satisfying. Um, but we're getting close to the time we have left, so I think we're going to have to wrap up the show now, correct? No. Yeah? yeah? That's right. good. Alright, cool. Um, so, Shinobi, man, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate this, man. I mean, this has been hey. great, and uh, we're, we'll gladly have you on again when Wushu starts showing more on their game, and we can talk oh, yes. about it again. I'd absolutely yeah. love that to make this more than a, a once a year thing. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm definitely down for that. I really appreciate having me on. Um, it's been too long, so you know, really enjoyed chatting with you guys, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, of course. And yeah. uh, any final words, Carrick alone? No. See you next time. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into episode 141 of the Ham Radio Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. <laughs>